Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. If you're like me and got a public school education in the United States, it's probably very likely that one of the first, if not the first work by William Shakespeare that you were introduced to was Romeo and Juliet. Let's face it, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know R&J pretty well, right? Well, maybe not as well as you remember. There's a production of the tragedy heading to The Crane, and I spoke with the two folks behind it after a recent rehearsal. Take a listen. Um, I love to start with everyone's name on the mic, so we have a voice to go along with uh, a name. So let me know who you are and what you did on this production of Romeo and Juliet. Hi, I'm Kelsey Herks. Uh, I also go by Zelma, and I am playing Juliet. I'm Drew Bolander, and I am the director and the dramaturg. And you're both co-producing, right? Yes. We are. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is indie theater. We, you got to represent all the gigs that you're, oh, you're yeah. taking yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and you got to wear all the hats. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, so R&J, everyone knows Romeo and Juliet, right? If we don't know Romeo and Juliet, come see the show and you can finally... Yeah. I, so I don't know how you missed it in eighth grade English. So um, <laughs> why... I guess like then the place to start, because my usual question is, what is the show? Um, let's start with the question of what is the show now? Like, it's Romeo and Juliet. We all know the show, like, I, like I've already alluded to. Um, why do this piece in February of 2019? Hmm. Well, our initial idea was we want to do this piece around Valentine's Day to give someone something um, really hearty and lovely. Um, <laughs> however, in digging into this play, it's less schmaltzy than uh, I think it's always interpreted as and so our idea was sort of to undermine the um, romanticism of the play and sort of present it in its what we feel its original form which is just the the gutsy earnest hilarious play that it is I think uh, I think a lot of the reason it goes into schmaltz so much is because people have a really hard time feeling feelings hmm. <laughs> and Romeo and Juliet is about two people who don't equivocate and they don't uh, interrogate their feelings they just feel them and they make their decisions based on that and it's easy to judge when you're able to um, logic your way through your feelings like when you're an adult especially if you're a New Yorker uh, you you don't want to feel everything it would be impossible (laughs) I mean uh, private space is at a premium and a lot of times the only private space you have is inside yourself. We so. say as we're sitting in the middle of a private yeah. park. We yeah, are we're, nice. we're outside right now. We are literally outside right now <laughs> in a public place. But So yeah, privacy is at a premium so we feel like we can control only ourselves and so sometimes I think that goes too far into the way of trying to think our way out of feeling things if they're not logical and feelings are not logical Mm -hmm. so I I think it's something to allow people to open up open their hearts and feel something even if it's painful I want to talk a little bit about how we're doing this play so I should also mention full disclosure I'm in the play Uh, so uh, that's part of why I want to make sure we get a podcast on uh on the feed about this show. So we've only got three performances. Y'all should check it out. Um, it's a big play. Like if you look at the 
dramatist person I like mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of folks listed and we have eight in the cast yeah, is that eight correct? People, yeah. Um, eight actors. talk to me about like what the idea was to, to cut this down uh, in terms of number of folks and what opportunities slash challenges come come out thanks to that oh many so I cut this play it's funny I was looking um, for pull quotes for some advertising things and I was re- looking at the full version of the play and I was shocked actually at how much of the play I'd actually cut that I hadn't realized <laughs> was actually there um, but we've on a lot of the advertisements that we've had we've, we keep calling this play a distilled production so we've sort of trimmed the fat and I've d- and trimmed it very um, judiciously because I don't want anything that really contains the kernel of what the play is about to be gone. Um, but there's a lot of extraneous servant characters and um, who can uh, affect the plot of the, the show. But um, I really would rather have every actor have a lot to do and really have something to sink their teeth into, first of all. And, um, and uh, also, just because it's easier to do with many less people, you know, you, you do what you have to do well, in the indie, yeah. indie theater, yeah. And also, yeah. like in a space like the Crane. Like yeah, this, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a small but yeah. like nice, nice little comfortable space. We have a lot of limitations, but the limitations actually sort of become opportunities in a way because you're like okay how do I make this happen when there's no exit to the outside and the only entrances are upstage and we only have blocks and two chairs what do we do um, and then you sort of come up with, oh this can be this could actually represent this or this can be something that we didn't think it could be before like uh, <laughs> like the backs of the chairs being the balcony mm-hmm. it just looks really Happened. cool yeah, and yeah. it works that yeah. way and um, also we we uh, like the idea of everyone being really engaged and everyone kind of like all hands on deck. I think Jefferson, who's playing Romeo, and I are... Oh, and I think you're only playing one character as well. We're the only people that are playing only one character. Um, but then Jefferson is also fight choreographing, mm-hmm. and I choreograph the dances, and I'm producing. So, yeah, like, everyone, everyone is doing a lot and throwing it all in for this one. And I, we, we sort of alluded to this a little bit in, in when I asked, like, you know, why this show, uh, why do this? Um, but talk to me about where you see R&J fitting into the conversation that we as mm. New Yorkers are having culturally. Like, this is one of those pieces that, again, it's such a touchstone. Yeah. We, we all know it. Where or does, do we? Yes. Or do, or, yeah, maybe that's a great place to start. That sort of thing, well, I think, first of all, there's there's a lot of conversations that are going on, and Romeo and Juliet is sort of broad enough that there is a conflict happening during the play, but it's unclear what it is or why it's happening. And this conflict, the op- there's an opportunity in this play for the conflict to be um, resolved by love, and it ends up going a totally different way because of people's overflow of love turning into hysteria and and uh, violence. Um, and I think I'm not necessarily sure that Romeo and Juliet has anything to say terribly political, but it has to do with all those things that lay beyond our political and social um, uh, lives that gets to the stuff of like, what do I care about? Who do I care about? Who is my family? Who is my who tribe. Is my tribe? What do I care about, and why? What am I willing to do for it? Um, so I think that's sort of 
because little... because all all the violence comes from a place of love. Yeah. And people, when when you love something, then you're afraid to lose it. Mm-hmm. Even though we never know what the conflict is between the Montagues and the Capulets, we can tell from how they talk to each other and how they interact with each other that there is deep, profound love for their own families. It's not just outward directed. It is coming from a place of trying to protect what's theirs. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting because then we can apply that to ourselves and our own groups Mm -hmm. and kind of see where other people are coming from even if they are wrong you know even if their actions are wrong and bad anything else you want to share about the show anything uh i've missed in our our brief conversation gosh well come come and see it um the week of valentine's day we're uh it's uh monday february 11th tuesday the 12th and um uh thursday the 14th all at 7 p.m at the crane theater in new york city Tickets and more information can be found at horsetrade.info slash crane theater. Yep. <laughs> Thank you both so much for doing this, and uh, I can't wait to uh, present this with you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, same. Yeah. Thank you, Kelsey and Drew, for hanging out after a rehearsal to chat. You can catch their production of Romeo and Juliet at The Crane Theater, 85 East 4th Street in Manhattan, for three performances only, February 11th, 12th, and 14th, 2019, at 7 p.m. each night. And if you've ever wanted to see what this dulcet baritone sounds like live and in person, while the corpus that hosts it moves about on stage, well, now's your chance. Head to horsetrade.info for a link to the Crane's calendar where you can book your tickets. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Lovely. Thank Lovely. you for, <laughs> for braving, braving the outdoors. Yeah, it's me. a beautiful day, actually. Yeah. It really is.